The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Jordan Walker and Corbin Carroll are on the rise. Fred and I will talk about that next, coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is the ADP Risers and Job Battles edition. Uh, the focus on Jordan Walker and Corbin Carroll. As always, our podcast is brought to you by the good friends at Underdog and Fantrax. We appreciate their sponsorship. Fred Zinke, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Couldn't, uh, couldn't wait to get a little break from uh, real life and talk some baseball this afternoon. Always great to get a break from real life. For sure. Luckily for me, this is real life. I love it. <laughs> That's the best way to have it. Yeah, it is. All right. So Jordan Walker is everybody's buzzy guy. Last year it was, you know, you know, we're going to make the comp-, comp right off the top because everyone's doing it. Jordan, it was last year was Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt were the guys that were just skyrocketing up draft boards. You had to go earlier and earlier to get them. You know, we won't make the Jared Kelnick comparison from two years ago, uh, but uh, it, you know, he is the trendy prospect, the guy that was highly rated and is crushing it this spring. Yeah, and I think it's a well. I guess there's still two questions. Like he seems to be answering the question of is he major league? I guess he's not yet answering the question of is he major league ready? Like I'd have to look at which pitchers he's faced so far this spring, but I'm sure it's been a mixed bag. So um, he's certainly showing strong signs that he's major league ready. Um, The next question is, do the Cardinals have a spot for him? right? Right, that's the big one. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, like. He's only 20, but he really profiles as someone who, you know, like is exactly what you want in fantasy baseball. Like last season, 119 games in double A, 19 homers, 22 steals, 306 average, respectable strikeout to walk ratio. Um, Like he profiles as someone who will stuff the stat sheet. And we talk sometimes about certain players who are good baseball players, but are not as good for fantasy because they're not big homer guys or they're not big base stealers or something like he profiles as someone who should eventually be both. I think it's, right. I think it's uh, a matter of are the Cardinals ready to put a twenty-year-old uh, on an opening day roster that, like, isn't loaded but doesn't have maybe any completely obvious holes? Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, I think it's a strong lineup. It hel- it helps that it's also in a weak division. Uh, which I, I I think the Cubs are ascendant. The Brewers are still thorny, but maybe not ascendant uh maybe even declining a little bit so uh, and of course you've got the uh reds and the pirates doing their thing 
Yeah, I mean, they should have. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think the Cardinals are going to walk to that division title by any stretch. But yeah, it does look like the Pirates and the Reds won't be close. The Cubs could be sneaky competitive, maybe. I don't. I don't think that Cubs roster is that good. Maybe they're one of those teams where if they just won a won a lot of one run games, they could be sneaky competitive. So it kind of looks again like a like a two horse race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. So right. maybe that means the Brewers don't have to push things with Walker. They could send him down to the minors for a month, which still makes them worth dra- right. sorry, Cardinals, sorry, which still makes them worth drafting. It just when we're starting to talk about a pick maybe in the first ten rounds, um, then that's you know, now you're pushing things a little more if you if you think that he's gonna spend April in the minors. Do you how about this, Jeff? Do you think he will be on the opening day roster? Yes, I do. There you go. So I that, think he will. Um ADP from March first is one forty eight. Yeah. So you're if you're playing league. if you're playing the NFBC main event and there's no news about him not making the team, you are gonna pay a top ten round pick to do it. Are you Fred Zinke willing to do it? Um Probably not. I'm not, I'm not usually the rookies guy. I think I could go through some other guys. Well, actually I am getting close on him. I will say that I am getting close on him. I'm not, I'm never the rookies guy. And so for example, I've done two 15 team league drafts in the last uh, couple weeks, labor and tout in both drafts. I took Drew Rasmussen in round 10. Mm-hmm. So comparing him and Drew Rasmussen, I, I mean, know, different like, players, different, totally different. Jobs, it is, right? it is, and in different positions and things like that. Yeah. Um, let's compare him and say, I don't know, Taylor Ward. He keeps going in and around that area. He's kind of a buzzy sure. kind of guy. People are into this year. Would you rather take Jordan Walker? And and if he's not on the opening roster, you just roster, you just wait. Actually, I think it's not bad. It's it's pretty fair. Taylor Ward's at 107. I mean, you're, oh, he is. Okay. You're okay. got to go a lot earlier on Taylor Ward. Okay. He's moved up then. Yeah. Okay. Throw me some names that are right around Jordan Walker on your list that you're like, okay. Uh, well, and he might go in the Taylor Ward area, he though. That's, he's that's going the thing. to. That's the thing. You're right. Yeah. By the time we get to the main event, he's going to go in round eight right. at, at the latest. John Carlos Stanton or Jordan Walker? Walker. I'm Snap call and Stanton's 125. So that yeah. rug, no big deal. Easy Walker. Anthony. I'm not. I'm not feeling Stanton this year. Just okay. I don't know. Yeah, might just be an anti-Stanton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anthony Santander. I think you have an affinity for him, if I recall correctly. I do. That one's pretty even for me. Um, I'll go. Uh, I think I'll go Santander. Okay. Okay. Um, how about Andrew Vaughn? First and outfield eligible. By the way, Walker, you get third and. Eventually outfield. outfield. You, you, you get him at third right now. The third is a nice bonus. I'll it go, really is. Yeah. I'll, I will take uh Walker over. Maybe I Walker. should be comparing him to other third basemen, except I shouldn't because there's no third baseman. There's there. no right. Max, Max Muncy, second and third eligible is at 126. Who do you got? Walker or Max Muncy? Walker. That's pretty, uh, Walker. That's pretty significant. What do you, uh, do you think that's crazy? No, it's not crazy, but it's, it's significant. Um, cause, and Muncie is, is like that Muncie is like, uh, what's the town in Western Colorado, uh, the westernmost town in Colorado on this, on the uh, 70, it is an oasis. It's the, it's the first yes. town after first three yeah. hours of nothing in Utah. <laughs> uh, Walker, uh, Max Muncie is that third baseman on the third baseman list after Alex Bregman. Um, so it, I could see Walker going in that range. Um, 
give you a couple others. Chris Bryant, all the way up at 112. Chris Bryant or Jordan Walker? Chris Bryant. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm flying too high. I'm flying too close to the sun now. Wait, so. do, you, do you agree with that one? I think so, but I don't know Chris, what to make out of Bryant. I, I really either. don't. I mean, Bryant, like I'm going to be watching. Like I'm just, I'm going Bryant assuming that everything seems going, like it's going fine mm-hmm. with him health-wise in spring training. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so the Cardinals, I mean, they have a really crowded situation. Go back to the crowd yeah. and the logistics yeah. of this year. Joel Hennard mentions that Dylan Carlson already has two homers playing for his job. Possibly. He's yeah. not playing the field yet, by the way. He's only playing DH because he's got some arm, arm issues. Uh, so we'll watch that one. Lars Newtbar is playing for Japan in the WBC. Tyler O'Neill is playing for the for Team USA. Uh, some people think that Tyler O'Neill will get hurt playing in the WBC. Um there will be players that get hurt playing the WBC. We don't know which ones, but it could be a possibility. DH is Juan Yepes. I could see that being a source of like, okay, let's let Carlson DH for a little bit. That's a way to get Walker in the lineup. Also, there's no Nelson Gorman still trying to figure into this mix. Right now, he's behind Brendan Donovan at second base. So, uh, you know, I, I, we could make this a Cardinal-specific podcast and talk about all the job battles they have mm-hmm. because there are a lot of them. It's, it's very crowded for them. For sure. And although Gorman may not be at the Walker level of prospect, um, Gorman is someone who people were like yeah. pretty, high, pretty high on last year. And now we're talking about him as having some fairly obvious holes in his game and is profiling as maybe a starting player, maybe not. I'm, right. To be clear, I'm not giving up on Nolan Gorman long-term at all. I'm just saying that at this point last year, people were pretty excited about Gorman. I think most of them believe that at the, at, that in March, 2023, he would be coveted and he's not. So um, maybe that's just another reminder to sometimes pump the brakes. I don't know. It's the opposite, right? Of the Julio Rodriguez. Exactly. There's definitely ways to fit Walker in. Like it's a crowded situation, like you said, but it's not a crowded situation of stars. It's a crowded situation of interesting MLB level players like Tyler O'Neill, Carlson, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, Juan Yepes. They're the four players. All of those players can sit a game a week so that Jordan Walker can play. Like they can all sit a game a week. So, and one of them can sit two days a week so that Walker gets five starts a week and he and Walker can sit a game a week so that you kind of give them breaks sometimes. Like it's, it's not hard. Like, like when I just read through that list, that's not like Trout, Otani, you know, where you're like, well, this guy's got to play. Like these guys right. can all. But Trout all was in a similar situation, I think, as a rookie. You know, yeah. they had Bobby yeah. Abreu, they had Vernon Wells, they had established major leaguers in front yep. of them. Um, so you can see you force it. your way in. Yeah. If you're good, yeah. all of these players, just looking at the fan graphs, roster resource page, like they all profile as having like a 750, 760, 770 type OPS. That's right. what they're all kind of projected for this year. So they're all solid major league outfielders, but, but not high impact. They're not, not Paul Goldschmidt's. They're not Nolan right. Arenado. So uh, speaking of which, that's why in. Walker can't play third base. That's Nolan right. Arenado's yeah, already there for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Arizona. And Carson Kelly, maybe, uh, I mean, not Carson Kelly, Corbin <laughs> Carroll. Carson Kelly is not that a That would be a, a podcast follower. that very few people would His teammate, Gabriel Moreno, might be a riser. Uh, but let's talk Corbin Carroll. Everybody, you know, we saw the triple last week from ground level, and it was breathtaking. It was awesome. I love Corbin Carroll. I, I will be pushing him up a little bit, but, you know, he is already he's already getting pushed. I think that's part of the problem is, if you look at him, he's the second highest Corbin drafted. Burns will still beat him, but. You know, he's number two in Corbin's uh, at 60 right now as the average pick, a range of 47 to 83. Fred, I think that goes higher. 
uh, by the time we get to main event land. Yeah, I think so too. I think you said 60 is the average. Um, yeah, I think it goes 50. I don't know if it will go much higher. Do you think 50? I don't know if it goes to 45. I, like, I don't think he gets in the first three rounds. I think he goes at the three, four turn wow. in that range. That's where Bobby Witt was going last year. Um, early, early fourth, late third. I think in that range, 40 to 50. Uh, I, I think picks somewhere between 40 and 50. Yeah. I think that's where he goes. He's already at like min pick right now is 47. Uh, as we start to like, if you look at the pool there of outfielders and just hitters, you know, at 53 is Adelise Garcia. O'Neill Cruz, who we're going to talk about, is at 58. Corbin Carroll's at 60. Eloy's at 64. He doesn't run. Springer's at 66. He doesn't really run. Teoscar's at 67. He's not much of a runner. Point is, you have to go down to Edmund at, 20, at pick 70, and he's an infielder. There's a pretty big gap there between your your with uh, your speed options that have yeah. any sort of power. Um, I I I can see it. I I would I wouldn't mind pushing Corbin Carroll up into the Albies Mullins Adelise Garcia range. Okay, so yeah, so my comment in favor of Carroll possibly moving up, other than that people get crazy for prospects this time of year, but my, my comment in favor of him is there's so many pitchers who go in the forties and fifties in the ADP that he actually doesn't have to leapfrog many hitters to become pick 40 or 45. Right. right? Like that's that's what I was looking at. Yeah. That's like, there's so many pitchers in there it's more pitchers than hitters. If yeah. he leapfrogs four or five, like, because a lot of people, when they're picking in round four, he, are not really competing in their minds between him and a pitcher. They're mm-hmm. more saying in round four, I need a pitcher or I need a hitter. And the person who's saying I need a hitter, like it, let's say Schwarber's gone, who go, who's right now in the last week's ADP's 45, Luis Roberts gone. Like then all of a sudden, you know, he, you start just comparing him to Seeger, Mullins, Albies. If someone would rather him, I wouldn't, but if someone would rather him than those players, all of a sudden he's quickly up into the mid forties. Now looking at his project, the projection systems on the fan page, they all have him projected for about 130 games played, which I guess is a little low. Um, but if I average them out, it's about 15 home runs and about 18 or 19 steals. Um, and the batting average is probably like, 250 not quite about 250 i think so, it's way light on the stolen bases yeah so i think it's he could i think he could double that yeah I got, and last while i say that yeah. i gotta check and look at my projection i've got him for 22 so okay but i have him 22 and 22 hitting 262 so i'm i'm more yeah. optimistic on the hitting side and i you know my I think my stolen base projection is light. I'm going to probably bump them up a little bit now that I look at that there. I guess I'm afraid of, you know, part of it is like, I don't want to be too eager about these, mm-hmm. the, the young, you know, young guy here. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's James Anderson's number one prospect, number 15 dynasty player. Uh, outfield is not that deep, Fred. Uh, we've, we've talked oh. about this in our drafts no. as yep. you get, you know, you can find a second baseman late just as easily as you can find an outfielder in that range at pick 200. So why boost up Albies when you can get maybe a bigger stolen base impact? What, possibly? Do, what, what do you have for the batting average? I think this is where 262. 262. That's that's where I feel like with me. So if he's hitting lead off the RBI total, is not going to be high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so there's one category where he's you know, just going to be like 70, maybe in the 60s, something like that. Um, 
if, if the batting average is like 250, 260, then I don't know if I like just comparing him to like Corey Seager or someone like that, who we were just talking about him jumping up maybe into that range. Like, I just feel like I don't get the steals from Seager. I don't know, but I just feel like else every, everywhere else I'm going to do better. And in some of them a whole lot better, I guess you can compare him to Cedric Mullins. I guess that's a, I have Mullins higher, but I think that's a really interesting comparison just in that Mullins is also a leadoff hitter. Sure. So, um, like, can he out steal Mullins? Can he out Homer Mullins? Like, I think the batting. I think one of those two is yes. I think he can out Homer Mullins. Um, I'm, I'm not thrilled with Mullins this year. I I heard you and Scott kind of. He's more down on him than I am, but I'm not thrilled with them. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not down on Mullins. I'm okay with him. I don't have him. I didn't have him on my team so far, but I mean, he hit 16 homers last year, 30 the year before. I know the 30s an aberration, but if the 16s, probably pretty legit all the projection systems kind of have him around 18 so i don't know if Cor- corbin carroll beats that by a lot and he's stolen 30 or more each of the last two years so he's probably at least right with carroll like i'd be hard to say carroll's going to come in this year he might and steal 40 bases but and then mullins as a hitter he's career 263 so that's kind of right around where you have carroll so yeah i guess they're pretty comparable i guess if they're pretty comparable i just feel like i would rather draft cedric mullins because yeah. Legit, I don't, don't yeah, and that's Carroll blows him away, but it, I think it's more likely that Carroll falls well short of our expectations than that he blows Cedric Mullins out of the water. And there's no playing time risk with Mullins, which that's right. Leading to yeah. our question here BZA, RZA, GZA asks, will they sit him versus lefties, though? Possible. I honestly, I think his defense keeps him in there. I mean, I, I think the Arizona is going to. We had Mike Farron on from MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM uh, yesterday talking Diamondbacks. And he thinks they're going to go with the three speedy outfielders across the board uh, out there with mm-hmm. Carroll and left Alec Thomas and center and McCarthy and right. And that they're going to play all three. Um, that's the likely outcome. You might see Gurriel play the outfield, but he's more likely to DH. Uh, and that leaves like Kyle Lewis and, you know, pretty much out among others. Um, I, I think, you know, yes, he, he was terrible against lefties in 30 plate appearances making his major league debut. I, I, yeah, I think we're nothing to go has an, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming uh, the, the question here, but it drives me nuts seeing lefties get sh- shoot into that box like that under such a small sample. Let them bat against lefties. Let them see, let them play it out a little bit. Let them learn on the job. Like he, like other, like righties get to learn against righties. Lefties should get to learn against lefties. I'm left-handed. You can tell. So am I, but a right-handed batter. So I'm a left-handed same. Right I, although when I played hardball, I, I was a switch hitter. But when I play oh, softball okay. now, I, I bat righties. So I, yeah, I am that. Uh, I like to say I'm Ricky Henderson with the speed or, or charisma or power. <laughs> so what? Yeah, when I look at these players, I just I, if you want to go in another direction and just take like a like Schwarber, Seager, that's what I would rather do. But I understand maybe someone who's come out of the first three rounds with pitching and maybe a good hitter, but not steals. So. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess you're comparing Carroll with Mullins, Adelise Garcia. Um, and then you got to go further all the way down, like you said, to Edmund. Oh, O'Neill Cruz yeah, well, is right there, too. So let's talk O'Neill Cruz. That's the uh, one more riser that you had enumerated there. Um, and I don't even know if he's rising so much as he's already been there. Uh, I'm looking since March 1st on O'Neill Cruz, and he's sitting at 58. We mentioned that earlier. I took him in labor. Um, yeah, where I needed the the uh, I needed the help at uh, at, at 
uh, shortstop. I needed some speed. I didn't need the shortstop. That's check that. Take that back. I needed the speed. I think I got him in the sixth round though. I got him later. Yeah. Uh, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah. Cause I took Seeger in the fourth and I remember taking Cruz in the set, you know, two rounds later. So there you go. Um, so he, his price has gone up since then. So he's a riser. Yep. And I think, which I, well, I, I, I'm a little surprised. I thought people would be really high on him even heading into the off season um, because he did finish last year pretty strong. Like mm-hmm. September was his best month, 897 OPS. And then the few days in October, he had a six seven ninety six. But so he finished the season strong, which is what you'd want to see from a rookie with, you know, really great tools. Um, I think I would take Cruz over Carroll. That's it. Wow. Bold take. I like it. The outfield eligibility on Carroll. I really like, like I mentioned to you before labor that I was trying to avoid taking shortstops because I just feel like I always want shortstops with Cruz. The whole thing holding me back is just the complete inability against lefties last year. And that was, he is a left, like you talked about, you want to see these guys get a shot. And so do I, I want the pirates to keep playing him against lefties because he's got to learn how to do this, but 111 plate appearances. So that's a, that's a decent amount and a 158 average and a 532 OPS. Like that's, that's really bad. You know, you can't, you can't become a great player if you at that ability against lefties. And he's that, that he's a big guy with a longer swing. I don't know if lefties are just, it's really easy to find holes in him coming from the left side. Uh, so that one concerns me. So maybe I would flop back to Carol Cruz to me is, has the potential to be a really good, he does. Five category guy, a little well, more power, a lot more power than Carroll. Yeah. Uh, question for you from Benjamin Walker, uh, Weber, excuse me. I don't know who Benjamin Walker is. Uh, would you rather have Carroll or Cruz in Dynasty? Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Carroll. But okay. in, in James Anderson, I trust. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, it's possible. I do think that Carroll is much safer in Dynasty. Like, I think we can better picture what Carroll's going to be. Uh, Cruz could be someone who's, like, really interesting and really special. He's a 6'7 shortstop. Like, he could be someone who's, like, he's a 6'7 shortstop who maybe by his prime could even be a 40 homer player. Like, he had 17 and 87 games last year, and he's, yeah. really, and he's really young. Like, he was, he was 23 at the time. Like, he could maybe be a 35 to 40 homer player. So, um, and, and a guy who hits like second or third in a lineup, but, but I do think with the problems against lefties, it's a much more volatile profile going forward than Carroll. I think we, I think we can all picture what Carroll is, right? Like, yeah, like a 15 to 20 homer, you know, lead off man steals bases really valuable. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe Carroll, I don't have to think about that one. I just see, I do see the long-term potential in Cruz. I don't think I'm going to draft Cruz anywhere. I don't think I'm going to draft either one of these guys anywhere next year. I've been getting a lot of pitchers in the range where they're going. Mm-hmm. And if I was going to get an earlier hitter, I would just take the boring Schwarbers and Seegers. Um, yeah. I might even just take the boring George Springer. Who's been, yeah. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I think I would. You're I not going to get stolen bases then. Yeah. That's, sure. that's the trade-off. I mean, yep. and so that means you've got to address it elsewhere, yep. either earlier or later. And so be it. That That's yep. a choice. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Weber, I also asked about the splits on Carroll and the minors because we talked about it. I pulled up Reno and, you know, he barely played at Reno. He only had 21 games. He had 33 oh, okay. at-bats against lefties, 333, 371, 576 versus lefties. So okay. he did hit lefties in, yep. at AAA. Yep. Albeit, 
Reno, albeit against AAA pitching, albeit in a mega tiny sample. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of albeits there. Yeah, my, my Carroll concern against lefties isn't that great yet. My Cruz concern against lefties is significant. Yeah. Like I, I, especially like I said, because it fits to me. Like I can see, like I can see it. He's a big left-handed batter. It's going to maybe take him some time to figure out how to handle lefties. It definitely looks like that from last year. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a couple of prospect risers on the Reds that we're going to talk about because, hey, we don't talk enough, <laughs> nearly enough Reds on this podcast. But before we do that, share a quick note from our friends at Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. That's the list. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup from three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the season. We've alluded to this before, but outfielders are mega important and mega pushed up in underdog. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. Also, our podcasts are always on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for your indulgence. Uh, thank you, Blue Wire Network, for hosting us. All right. Two Reds prospects are making waves. Now, it's against spring training pitching in Arizona and then Las Vegas because they played a series against the A's in Vegas. Uh, but Ellie De La Cruz, who Joel Hennard asked about, and Christian Encarnacion Strand have been turning heads. Uh, Encarnacion Strand hits like a, a rocket every single day, Fred. Um, and I know he's not as high on prospect list. He will not begin the year in the majors unless major things happen. It, I don't even think it's sufficient. I, I think it, I don't, I think it's necessary, but not sufficient that Joey Votto begins the year on the IL. I think it'll take more than that, but it's noteworthy. They are working him in a, at first base, having him learn that position. I don't know if you've seen him seen in Encarnacion strand. He's a big dude. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's only listed at six feet, 224. So, but maybe he's a little liars. He's, a, he's more like 240, I feel like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. So, you say, you think there's no chance he makes the opening day roster? I think right? it's a, there's a chance, there's a path. 
But they got Will Myers. Uh, he'll play there. They said they're going to play Tyler Stevenson at DH and first base a lot too. I think they just muddle along for until Votto comes back. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Could Encarnacion Strand play third base? Yeah, but they have Spencer Steer there. And they have Noel V. Marte there, probably. Uh, And they've got Matt McClain that they got to figure out. I I, I think Encarnacion Strand's future is first base in DH. I I really do. I don't think he's much of a defender. Right. Okay, so yeah, you think probably opening the season in the minors – Hits well in the minors, yeah. gets his shot. He'll get a shot at some point this year. There will be a, there will be a Monday. Or I think he'll late. get up before Ellie. I think he'll get up before the other Reds prospects. Yeah, but yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, but no, no. yes, I do think he is a Monday guy. Yeah, I was going to say there's going to be a late, a late Sunday night podcast, early Monday podcast with you and Scott, where you'll be talking about how much he went for in your various leagues at some point this year. Yes, because and... he's getting the shot, but not a draft guy unless you're in draft champions. Right? Um, Would you draft I... him in a draft champions? Yes, I okay. absolutely would. I, I, I should have drafted. I had XFL, uh, the Dynasty League, dra- uh, like the supplemental rounds where we did the auction in November. And I was drafting Scarf at the same time. I should have gone in Carnacion Strand. Although I think I would have pa- like passed on a higher rated prospect for him. But it's just as a strictly as a Reds homer, I felt great shame when he went off the board. I'm like, oh, I should have been focused on that a little bit more. And then... Let's talk about De La Cruz here for a minute. So let's let's his upside is tremendous because of the way he steals bases. So uh, last season in the minors in 120 games, this is wild in 120 games, he hit 28 home runs and stole 47 bases. Like that is you like that. Is that that something you might be interested in? That's not bad. It's it it was high a and double a. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. even triple a, um, but this guy crushed it, and and at both like at both levels he hit well. Nine sixty eight OPS at high A, nine ten OPS at double A. Like this is someone who, in the long run, looks like like again like we were talking about with Corbin Carroll with O'Neill Cruz, someone whose whose game is perfectly suited for fantasy value. But I don't know when he's going to debut with the Reds. He's as big as O'Neill Cruz, by the way. He's huge. This is he's he's listed at six five, so maybe Daily Cruz. Ellie Daily Cruz, we're talking about here. Two hundred pounds. Yeah, I don't think he's two hundred pounds. I think he's heavier <laughs> than that by that point. But he's still flying. He yeah. he can motor, and it's fun to watch. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I think Daily Cruz, you know, he could force the issue. And here's the thing about the Reds: they currently don't have their future short, shortstop in the big league level. It's it's Kevin Newman, it's Jose Barrero who's getting his last shot, actually having a decent enough spring. Uh, so it won't, you know, I, I think they want to see De La Cruz at AAA first, but they also got Noel V. Marte. They've got they've got a lot of guys that could play shortstop. They have to figure out who's a shortstop and who is, you know, playing third, who moves to the outfield. You know, that's a good thing about shortstops is they can play everywhere, but unlikely to you know you know so they, they got to make a decision who yeah. uh at first but yeah i think de la cruz knocks down the door by mid-season is my guess i you know i don't think he breaks camp with the team one yeah. thing to keep in mind with walker with every one of these other the, the with de la cruz with all of these prospects is you know carol and i think o'neill cruz are different just because they've already hit the majors but i think that uh you look at these guys and you see what they're doing in spring training, at least the rest of the way. Now that the WBC is get, getting going and all the players are going to their respective camps, uh, they're going to be doing it against lesser competition. 
You know, and, yep. and we look at the last two, three weeks, two weeks, the next two weeks of spring training numbers, take it with a little bit of grain of salt because they're, and they're going to, a lot of good pitchers are going to be gone. A lot of good hitters are going to be gone. If you're looking at pitchers that are dominating too. No, that, that's a really good point. Um, is there a chance that De La Cruz just spends the whole year in the minors? Like the Reds are going to be really bad. There is a possibility, but I think that construct year. exists less than it used to okay. after the recent collective bargaining agreement. It still exists for some teams, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Pirates. Uh, but I, I don't think they, you know, so if he's not up by August, sure, they might just say forget about it. Uh, yeah. But if he is up, you know, I mean, if he's, I, I think if he's pounding the door down in July, I think they'll let him in. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that. So. O'Neill Cruz is a good comparison since the Pirates were terrible last year and still called him up in the middle of the season. But O'Neill Cruz was three years older. He's four. He's four years older than De La Cruz, so he's three was three years older than De La Cruz will be this year at the point where he was called up. So yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe like De La Cruz is just so young, and if the Reds are really bad, I just wonder if they'll just say, "Meh, just spend the whole year in AAA." Like you'll you'll be up next year, the start of the season, or pretty close to the start of the season. So yeah, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that all shakes out. Um, One more and, Red, Joel Hennard yeah. asks about Spencer Steer. I only have him for three hundred forty six AB. It's a safe projection. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'd like him, but you know, he's not at that level of prospect. I think he is an interesting prospect. I, I think he could be good, but I don't think it's a sure thing. And you know, he had his first taste of the majors last year. Uh, he hasn't been a full-time third baseman before, so he's got to kind of work on the defense too. Uh, I, there, there are things to like about Spencer Steer. He could be the full-time guy. I think they're mix and match a little bit here, though. And again, he's got to hold off others. And defense is an issue. Our latest note on him is uh, one I wrote, actually, talking about how he committed at one fielding error and, or one throwing error, mishandled another ball. So, you know, there, there's possibilities there where, you know, defense can, you know forces him out a little bit, too. So that's something to watch for a little bit. I, I just think and if, if, if Pinder makes the team, that's one of the places where he'll play. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm a, I have steer with more plate appearances than that, but right. so I don't think that there's any Cincinnati player who I would project for a massive amount of plate appearances other than Jonathan India. India, obviously, you're looking past the injuries from last year and assuming he gets back on track. Tyler Stevenson, I not because he's a catcher. So okay, I'm just not. Even though he's him. not going but to and, be a catcher full time. No, that's true, and he might, he might get there too. Yeah, he, he might get there if there's someone else. But I was joking with you, Jeff, today that I, in the Tout Wars draft and hold league, I've managed to secure the entire Reds outfield, which is unintentional. But I have Jake Fraley and TJ Friedel and Nick Senzel. Um, Senzel coming last and coming in like round like 39 or something like mm -hmm. that. So it's not like I really wanted these guys. But I think all of these players are... Like maybe they start off... Like someone out of there will probably be a starting player all season, but like I, we don't know who even Will Myers, like Will Myers could play for He's the gonna play some corner outfield too. Yeah. But he could get traded in the summer to a contending yeah. team to be a bench bat down the stretch or a starter. We don't really know. Um, right. Votto at his age, we don't know how well he'll hold up this year. Steer like, yeah, he could hold the third base job all year and do fine. Or he could not play that. He's not that good of a prospect. Like you said, um, mm -hmm. the projections kind of have him for like a 720, 730 OPS. That's not very good. Like if he had just underachieved a bit and it's in the 600s, like maybe he only holds that job for a couple months. 
then they start looking at something else. I don't think any of us think Kevin Newman will necessarily play all year. So right. yeah, Fraley Friedel, I don't know. I took them late because they have nice power speed combos. So if they did play all year, they would put up a pretty nice stat line in homers and steals. But I could see if India, if India were to not be healthy all year, I could see, you know, maybe no one on the Reds getting to 500 at bats. Yeah. That's kind of like last year. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I like Fraley. I, I where yeah. did you get Fraley, by the way? Let's see. I happen to have the draft board right here in front of me. I will scroll up around uh, 19. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. I think where he went in my yogurt league too. So I think much Friedel to my I chagrin because I, I think blew I that. Took, I think I took Friedel in our labor draft too. In the Tout Wars, I took him in twenty round twenty four. Mm-hmm. Kind of when you're getting into your bench bats. Yep. Um, Let, he, he was cheap one of my, speed. That's I think cheap. he was maybe my first bench bat. So yeah. Um, same thing, just that there's no one else. And he was like, okay, in it last year and he can hit some homers and steal some bases. So, right. I don't know. I don't have that much faith in him in the labor league. I wouldn't be surprised if I end up sending him to waivers in April. We'll see, but it's worth a shot. Sure. Yeah. yeah as a bench bat. I can see it. There's just so much playing time available on that team. And it's a, such, such a great park to hit in. It is. It really yeah. is. I thought I was going to be a Will Myers guy this year, but other people are even more Will Myers guys. Like, they were all like I when he went to Cincinnati, I was like, oh, I'll take a shot on a Will Myers bounce back right. as a member of the Reds. Sure. I, but I saw it coming right away. I was like, OK, so so has a lot of this industry <laughs> is going to yeah. see that. Exactly. Right? He's never played in a park like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been yeah. wild. Kansas yeah. City, Tampa Bay, San Diego. Yeah. This yeah. is such a huge difference from him. If he can stay healthy, who cares if it's not a great lineup? Just the park alone could help him hit home runs. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, talk a little job battles. Uh, but before we do that, quick note from our friends at Fantrax, the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry. It offers the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues. Don't forget auction leagues. They're fantastic in auction. Their auction room is very good. We're strong service there. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor leaguers. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. Waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Big thanks to Fantrax for their sponsorship all season long. All right, we're going to talk job battles. We've been talking, you know, we, we tease this. Fred has meticulously listed out all the job battles that are important to you. Only the important ones. So if you, you can forget about all those other articles. Just listen to Fred here. Who are we starting with, Fred? So I do want to preface this by saying that these, as much as they're job battles, they're also more situations that I'm finding are just really muddy. So it's not yeah. even like a job battle of like, is player X or player Y going to be the team starting, starting shortstop? It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do with all of these guys? So let's right. start with a high profile team, the Yankees. And how is their infield going to shake out? So Rizzo's going to play first base. That one we can kind of leave out. Glaber Torres is going to play second base. Um, I think those guys are both going to be pretty much everyday players. Okay. So that leaves shortstop and third base for uh, as Wald, Oswald Peraza, Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, DJ LeMahieu, right? 
And Oswaldo Cabrera could also play the infield too. Yes. Yes. So I'm just trying to figure out like, like who, who do we give? Do we give anyone full time? Does anyone have a full time role there? Does does one of these guys cut into Anthony? I don't think they cut into Anthony Rizzo or Glaver Torres unless one of those players gets injured. Do they cut into John? Unless Clark and until. Uh, in the case yeah. of Rizzo, I think with that back, I think he's yep. going to require some maintenance at the very least, if yep. not a day, you know, yep. you know, a, a trip to the IL at certain points too. Um, shortstop's obviously the key here, I think, because uh, either Peraza or Cabrera has got to be a favorite to get the job because they went through a full season of IKF, and it just sounds like uh, it, it's like a bowel disease, you know, it's just he, he which exemplifies his hitting. Um, you just you can't deal with that offense. Um, offensive jokes about his name and all. Uh, you know you just can't deal with that sort of hitting. Uh, so I I took Peraza and Scarf uh, over the weekend. And I think I got a decent price on him, like the twentieth round, nineteenth twentieth round. Okay. Uh, but he's already hurt. He's dealing with a minor foot injury. So you know he's in. The, he's still in the. In fact, he's due back in the lineup on Thursday. He's. They said he's got a legit chance at winning the starting job. And I'm trying to bet on a guy that's got. That brings a little upside to the table. Like if if Kyder Falefa starts, do you really want to roster him anyhow? Well, I did grab him in that Tower Wars draft. Oh, league, but, but we're right. talking. But I'm going to say like round 37 or something, just as my fourth shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to probably pick up third, maybe second, even at some point. So, I, like I just he's just thrown on the bench as a very speculative. If he was starting at some point during the season, you could put him in for steals, kind of guy. But um, yeah, I think with Peraza. Because he he's not an amazing prospect, but he's a pretty good prospect. So I think if he's on the roster, he's playing. Like if he's on the roster, he's playing whatever five days a week or something mm-hmm. like that, which puts Kiner Falefa totally off the radar. It's maybe for me, it's more Lemayhew is like how I feel like Lemayhew has to play a fair amount. Like DJ is still a decent major leaguer. Like he's 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 thirty four, but. He, he's still like, I know he's not like peak DJ LeMahieu maybe anymore, but he's not bad. So yeah, he maybe draws a start a week at first. Does he get two starts a week at first? Maybe he gets two at third, one at first, one at DH or something like that. Um, maybe he fills in at second once a week, but can LeMahieu get up to say, can, could LeMahieu start five games a week? As a Yeah, I, I hope so. I got him in yeah. labor. So yeah. Uh, that's the thing is the, those guys are part of the issue. The other part of the issue too, is, I mean, you've got, you know, Anthony Volpe just waiting for his chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he could bang down that door this year. He, you know, he's, he's not that far away. So when you look at all of those p- potential options, could you see a trade of Glaber Torres? Is that a possibility? You know, I, I you know, or, or even like a diminished role for Torres. I, Torres is nothing special, Fred. Uh he did hit 20. He did recover some power last year. We're talking 761 OPS last year, 697 the year before that, 724 in 2020. You have to go back all the way to happy fun ball year before he's really a plus bat. What are we doing here with him? Why, why is he special? Yeah, I don't think he is. I haven't drafted him in any leagues. I don't, I'm not, I find when he's getting drafted, he's not near the top of my list. I'm having to look down to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, I think they'll keep, I think the Yankees probably, unless they like, they're not going to get a lot for these players. So right. I think they're, I think they keep Torres. I think that Josh Donaldson is so injury prone at this point in his career. Like he's 37 this year. I think maybe the play for the Yankees is and Stanton. We know is so injury prone and Rizzo. I think the play for the Yankees is you just wait for one of them to get hurt. And then LeMay who takes that spot. And yep. then, and then Kiner Falefa is your, and then Kiner Falefa moves 
to become like your super utility infielder where he's playing, you know, three days a week, something like that, you know, a start at third, a start at shortstop, a start at second, things like that. So maybe that's the way this all plays out. But I think kind of to summarize it, Kiner Fleffen, not draftable. Um, I don't want Josh Donaldson this year. Someone else can take him. I'll take him super late just because he's boring and whatever. I think you can use him in April or something, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he's, they find, find a taker for him. I mean, people, they, obviously they don't love him there, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think this uh, is I'm kind of out on the, I'm kind of out on the group. I feel like I haven't yeah. even considered drafting anyone in this group yet. Yeah. I I, I can I got Peraza once, you know, I, I've got a couple of these guys once, but was yeah, Le I'm not targeting him. I gotta Le say Mayhew when you took him in labor, what was that like a starting role or a bench bat or no, I think it's a, my, I think he might be my starting third baseman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my starting third baseman is not actually a starting third baseman for his own team. Yeah. So uh, I, w- I gotta say as a whole commentary, I'm nonplussed by the Yankees lineup. They have, oh, I mean, there, there's a way there's a route where they're really potent, but there's a route where they, they go through droughts like they did last year. Oh yeah. I'm not feeling this Yankees lineup. I think the Yankees will make the playoffs. I think they'll pitch their way to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think their rotation is better than people expect and uh, realize, and their their lineup's worse than people realize. Yeah, like even without Montas, like I think Cole, Rodon, Severino, Herman Cortez, that's a really good rotation. I think the bullpen will be fine. They'll get Michael King back this year. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think pretty solid reliever and a, and a workhorse reliever. I like like Aaron Judge absolutely carried them at times last year. Yeah, uh, he's not going to probably carry them to the same degree this year. I do not like that lineup at all. I think, I like I said, I think they will pitch their way to the playoffs, and in July they will need to add hitting pieces. Right. All right. Yeah. Let's talk Angels in the infield uh, because mm-hmm. there's some playing Super time muddled. considerations there. It's pretty muddled. All right. First base, Jared Walsh coming off of a nasty injury and a horrific year. He's listed as our starter on Rotowire, but Brandon Drury could play some first. Drury is currently listed as the second baseman, uh, but they've got David Fletcher still on the roster, Fred. Yeah. Uh, he, he was awful last year. Rendon was not present last year, but they signed Gio Urshela, and Renhifo is listed as their starting shortstop. I think, ideally, that would be their their four, uh, you know, Walsh, Drury, Rendon, Renhifo. Mm-hmm. But you could see a lot of ways that this could go sideways, too. Yeah, it's just one where when I'm trying to draft any of them, like, uh, like David Fletcher, I guess, is a bench bat, so I don't want him. Gio Urshela, if he was an everyday player, I would draft him. But mm-hmm. he, I don't think he is. Does he have any path to become one, or is he just waiting around for Rendon to end up back on the IL at some point, and then he's their third baseman? I think yeah. maybe that's... He's it. even shortstop capable. Ab- oh, absolutely. I just So I think he gets some time there, too. Yeah. I, I think they do a little bit of mixing and matching to make sure he gets some playing time. Yeah, but I think he's a waiver wire guy, even in 15 team leagues, until there's an injury. Like, I yeah. just don't know how you keep Urshela on your bench in April if if everyone's healthy. So I think he's a pickup if, if there's an injury. Uh, Drury, I guess. I, I'm not going to be the guy who drafts Drury this year, but I think he's for sure. Why not? Um, I'm just not sure if he's that good. Fair. That's it. That's it. I'm just not sure if he's that good. And there's simple. A- a lot of ways to lose playing time on this roster. Yeah. I think it's noteworthy that there's not that many uh, angels that you draft uh, and on active rosters in our, mm-hmm. in our, and like say in the NFBC format, obviously Otani trout and ward are going to go, you know, the, 
Otani Trout are super early. Ward's around 100. Renfro's going to get some love. Uh, and then there's Drury at like 179. Mm-hmm. Then Rendon at 207. Then you have to go dot, dot, dot for it. Ohapi. Actually, I like Logan Ohapi. I just learned, I was like two days ago, I learned that it was Ohapi and not Ohop. Uh, so learned that today, uh, this week. So I was happy to learn that. That was good, good knowledge. Renhifo is all the way down at 338. Quietly helped a lot of people out last year. Absolutely. Uh, back to Ohapi for a minute. I did do some reading around the start of spring training that it's not a lock for him to be on the opening day roster. That's made me like just a little hesitant to draft like a number just just because the catcher pool is so crummy that right. I'm just like, I'll just draft someone who I know is going to be his team's starting catcher. So that they could just go with Max Stassi and put Ohapi in the minors to start the season. Like we'll see. But Renhifo is someone who, if he was their starting shortstop unopposed, I would be drafting him. Like that's that's the type of one where because the situation's so muddled, like if they didn't have Urshela and David Fletcher there to steal starts from him, I wouldn't love Renhifo, but he I don't me. fear it, Fletcher at all. Not at all. But do you think they'll just play him sometimes? Just because he's on their team. I think Renhifo will play somewhere else on days that he's not playing shortstop. I don't right. think he sits much. Right. Okay. Okay. Then then I five hundred and eleven plate appearances last year. Yeah. I mean granted. OBP wasn't very good. I mean, he he was helpful for us in fantasy leagues. Yep. Not such a great real life hitter. So that's possible. That's possible. They, they said he could even play some right field when they want to get like Urshel or Fletcher some playing time. Uh, I don't know. I think Renhifo has kind of earned their trust, though. I think he's okay. I, I think he's someone where if he can clear this log jam and play most days, he probably finishes the year with like 16 homers. Maybe he gets to 10 steals and he had posts a batting average that doesn't hurt you and doesn't help you. So uh, K Salazar asked Taylor Ward. Good. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Do I think you? so too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of into Taylor Ward. I, I haven't got him in my first couple of leagues, but I'm, but I like when he's going, I'm right there. I think he's appropriately priced, which Me means too. I will try. I will probably get him once or twice somewhere, but in a lot of places there are someone targeting him. So I don't get him. If that makes any sense. Yep. Absolutely. The book on Taylor Ward, I think is pretty clear, like great start, great finish bad middle which kind of coincided with him running into the outfield wall and then having some nagging injuries so he played through them for the most part um and just maybe wasn't right for a while in the summer and then maybe felt right later i mean like that might all be bs like maybe he actually just stunk in the middle of the season and it wasn't nagging right. injuries but but it, there is a story there that to me makes some sense because he looked really good at the start and the end of the year so you hope maybe that he stays a little healthier this year and there, there's a, a lot of potential, obviously, for someone who hits directly in front of Trout and Otani. Like yeah. that's if he if he plays all year and, and those guys play all year, like he he can score 100 runs for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, let's uh, change our attention to a team that I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about their hitters, and that's the San Francisco Giants. They lost. They didn't win Aaron Judge. They backed out of Carlos Correa. They didn't replace him with anybody, so their shortstop is still Brandon Crawford or and, and Tyro Estrada, Estrada is still their second baseman, unless it's Wilmer Flores, which unless he's a first baseman, uh, you know, they got a lot of muddledness in their infield. It's you know, Wade and Flores, Estrada, VR, Brandon Crawford, JD Davis. Those are mostly your, your most of your options there. Yeah, the Giants are one where when I click on their depth chart when I'm working on projections. Like, mm-hmm. like, I just want to 
make them as quickly as I can and click off of it because it's so muddled and you can picture the giants mixing and matching because that's yep. something they do. Uh, but at the end, at the end of the day, like some of these players are going to play a lot. Like I'm kind of in on, Ostra- on Estrada. I'm not super in on him. I, I did. I didn't get him in labor. I did get him in tout wars. Um, I think maybe he's good enough to play most days and he has that power speed combo that, no one else on the team has like he might be the only giants player who has a respectable steals total this year i know it doesn't matter that much but it is a component of the game that like they don't have a speedy outfield it's something that mm-hmm. he gives that the uh, brandon crawford's not a base stealer like they don't really have other players who steal bases so i kind of think that i kind of like estrada this year and i always like wilmer flores on my bench I, i'm always kind of into him on my in a 15 team league on my bench i just feel like he's someone who's usually eligible at about three positions which he is this year for second and third yeah and probably won't add to that i doubt he'll get outfield or anything else this year but first second and third is great and he goes on your bench and i find he just finds his way into the lineup four or five games a week and at the end of the season he'll just have about 18 home runs and a 260 batting average and if your team's going really well you can cut him because you know, maybe you found some other players with a lot of upside, but I don't mind right. starting the season with him in like round 27 or 28 as just an April bench bat while I figure things out. Um, I don't know what to do with David VR and JD Davis. I'm just not really drafting them. Unfortunately. Yeah. By the way, Flores played a lot last year. Yes. 151 games, 602 plate appearances. That's not going to repeat. I think, uh, James Anderson had Rob DiPietro on our pod, uh, the Rotowire podcast, and they made that point that he's not going to accumulate. Uh, the thing about VR and Davis at third base is they both hit righty. So does Flores, for that matter. There's, you know, yeah. there's no platoon possibilities there. Uh, your only platoon possibility is like saying moving Estrada to to shortstop, and then Flores goes to second base or something like that. Because they, they, you know, it's 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 interesting. But yeah, that's probably true with a lot of teams. How many left-handed hitting third basemen are there out there? There's there's some. Like just just Raphael Devers, he's 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 pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah. there's plenty more, but uh, just the first one that came yeah. to mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm in on Estrada. I've got him as a keeper in my NL only league. Of course, I'm going to keep him there. But you know, Jenstad was making some points about him on the Sunday podcast on our fade cast. I heard um, that one. And yeah, he, he's concerned about the quality of contact, um, which I think is valid. I don't think he repeats like the 14 homers maybe necessarily. And if he doesn't, what do you have? I mean, you need him to run more that, that you need to get 20 stolen bases, which he might get, but that that's the trade off while we're on the giants thoughts on Michael Conforto. We had a note that he went deep today. So, uh, He's a guy I can't figure out this year. Yeah, it, like he's a total dice roll. Like I think anyone who thinks they've got Michael Conforto figured out for this year is is fooling themselves. Like he's coming off a missed season. He's coming off, you know, a major injury. Um, I, I'm fine with Michael Conforto. I just got to look up his recent ADP here. Like I'm fine with Michael Conforto as my like fifth outfielder. So it's ADP 234. I'm just doing what around that is. It's a, maybe a little rich for my blood. I think he would have to fall in my draft. I, one of the drafts I was in this year, either labor or tout, I almost drafted him. He fell mm-hmm. further than that. I don't mind him as like my outfielder five, maybe four. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Where And then I've got some guys like TJ Friedel and players like that on my bench where if Conforto just craps out early, I just have to pivot to someone else. But um, I think at pick two thirty four, I don't, I don't think I'm in at that point. What about? Are you out? Just complete. Let's just let someone else deal with them. Uh no, I'm undecided. 
Okay. You know, I'm halfway through draft season. I have other chance to get yep. other opportunities to bite that apple, and I might. Uh, it kind of just depends on like, do I have three outfielders at that point? Do I have mm-hmm. five? You know, or, or do I have two? You know, in which case, uh, I'll you know, all you know, all uh, all options are welcome. Then, how about this, Conforto or Jesse Winker? Conforto over Winker, but only barely. Okay. How about? Jared Kelnick. Conforto over Kelnick. Uh, Kelnick's going, although he's he's on the rise. He's going to be, Kel, yep. Kelnick's going to be more expensive. You know, I, I think I've got him like Kelnick around 275. So I'm going to go Conforto there. Yeah, the other outfielders, I just named two of the outfielders who go right after him. Esturi Ruiz is another one who I think is more of like, like I would even compare Conforto and Ruiz because either you're looking for a guy who just steals bases or you're not at that point in the draft. Um, Brian De La Cruz is there. I'll take Conforto. Austin Meadows is there. I think that one's interesting because they're both basically coming off lost seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might take Conforto. I think after that is Garrett Mitchell. I think you might take Mitchell. I would take Mitchell. I'm just playing time. I'm just not as sure. So I might take Conforto. So I think that's where I'm at with Conforto. When I look at the next guys, Jorge Soler is next. Austin Hayes is next. I, I like Conforto as much as everyone who goes after him. I just, there's some players maybe at other positions in that range that I would I would just take it. So I like Conforto better than the generalist yes. outfielders. Yes, but if you're right. looking for a special category, that's where you see Ruiz go ahead of him, and I can see yeah. that. There'll be times when I need oh. Ruiz. Uh, Will Myers. I missed him because he's dual eligible. He's in yeah. that group. Would you take Will Myers over Conforto? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't yet, um, but I haven't taken Conforto yet either. Uh, there are options way. for me. So I the, just I'm not thrilled to yeah. get any of them types, but I might yeah. take them because I need them. They are side by side on my rankings. Uh, yeah. And Austin Meadows is actually right beside them too. So Meadows yeah. isn't that high for me. I've got him lower. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to, he needs to show me and that's unfair, yeah. I guess a little bit, because I know he was dealing with a lot of stuff last year, but that's kind of the reason, one of the reasons why I'm going to yeah. probably, I'm going to wish him well for somebody else. Um, that's probably my approach with, uh, Austin Meadows, uh, while we're talking giants, let's stick with them real quick and let's talk a little bit about their rotation. Yeah. So they really have more pitchers than they need for right now, which mm-hmm. is a situation that usually sorts itself out with a few teams, but Anthony DiSclefani looks like he's back this year. Um, you know, to me, DiSclefani is a pure starter. Like I don't see him. I, someone's going to have to work out of the bullpen right now. For example, Fangraphs has him working as a long man in the bullpen that doesn't really isn't really what he's been but logan webb's in the rotation alex cobb sean Manaya, ross stripling i think is and alex wood so de something's got to slip yeah someone gets hurt like i know there's enough de sclafani is an injury risk alex wood and alex cobb are both injury risks so every pitcher's injury risk they were just maybe more than the average pitcher uh something's got to give out of that group um if they're all healthy, though, in three or four weeks, it's either six-man rotation, which I don't think would be terrible with that group. There's not really an ace in there. Logan Webb's, like, maybe kind of an ace, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a six-man rotation until someone gets hurt. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think Wood, you know, Wood's going to be healthy for 15 starts, so that opens it up a little yep. bit there. Yep. And yep. he's got swingman potential, so does so does Stripling. Stripling's been a reliever before, Absolutely. Too. They didn't sign him to be one, 
Um, that's the reason why I think Stripling stays in the rotation, but push comes to shove. He's capable. Uh, I think that would be an indication though, to me that things have gone wrong for the giants. If they find Stripling in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't think Stripling, you're right. Like from a career profile perspective, the most sensible thing would be Stripling starts the year as their long man, because he's the guy who's done it a lot in his Mm -hmm. career. But I bet there was a conversation when Stripling signed with the giants that with his agent and the giants where they said he's starting right. Right. And the giants had to say, yes, yes, we are paying Mm -hmm. him this amount of money. He is in our rotation. Like I'm guessing his, his agent asked that question. So what? That's not binding. It's not binding, but it would be a crummy way to get off to maybe with your free agent signing. It, well, you know, he gets paid all the same. So he does. He does get paid all the same. But yeah. I just wonder if that conversation was had when he was. Maybe not. Maybe they just said, "Oh, that's the most money any team's offering us. We'll take it." Yeah. But maybe there was a conversation with Stripling because he really came into his own with the Jays last year as a starter. But I think this is a situation that sorts itself out. The point that I'm with with this rotation is if Di Sclafani's in the rotation, I'd actually like to draft him. Like he was draftable last year. He was going in, I'd say in the first 20 rounds yeah. last year. Um, I would say even maybe like round like 16, 17. So like he missed last season. It wasn't, I believe it was an ankle injury off the top of my head. I don't think it was an arm injury. So he should be fine to pitch this year. If he was in the rotation, I would want to draft him. And he's someone who's falling, you know, really late or, or right off the draft board altogether. So is he worth, is he worth stashing? We stash rookies. Like, yeah, he's picked ADP is 426. There's drafts where he's a lot of drafts where he's not getting drafted. Yeah, there are. Um, I would want him if he was in the rotation. So I kind of wonder with this injury risk group of starters, if he's worth drafting and just leaving on your bench for two or three weeks. Like I said, we, we stash prospects. I think I think it would money. be a pretty deep league. Well, like a 15 teamer, I would do that. Teamer, yeah. In a, a 10 or a 12, which I think a majority of our listening audience plays, yeah. um, probably he's a good eye to keep on as yep. a free agent target. Unless, of course, there's injuries. Because, of course, you want that ballpark. You want that team context there a little bit. I'm going to push back a little bit here. He, uh, BZA, RZA, GZAA says he will never draft Alex Cobb again. And I get it, but I don't think you realize how good he was after, you know, and it, I'm I'm doing a selective endpoint here, but after seven starts, he had a 625 ERA. I think you even pointed out last year, he was supremely unlucky with BABIP yep. uh, and unexpected ERA from May 29th on he had a 305 ERA and a 124 whip. That's not so young material, but he also had 112 uh, Ks and 118 innings. That's a usable pitcher. Uh, oh, I, I really I, like Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I will have, I'll have some Cobb in my teams. I might not because I'm not putting him. I, I, I probably should maybe put his innings a little higher so that it becomes more relevant to me. He's losing out in my drafts just on volume. So mm-hmm. for example, I'm drafting Merrill Kelly over Cobb. They have they're like, they're probably in a similar tier. I'm drafting Merrill Kelly this year. And I know it's because I have him projected for 30 more innings, That 30 mm-hmm. more innings is going to come with another win or two. It's going to come with more strikeouts, but from a ratios perspective, I like Cobb probably more than Merrill Kelly. So that's a, and I think you just took Merrill Kelly in your, I forget which draft it was one of your drafts you just did. So I think it was scarf. And honestly, I'm getting to the point where I forget which draft is. I I understand. I'm I'm under, you know, I did scarf, which was a live draft on Sunday. I'm doing yogurt, TG, FBI, Raz slam just started. Yeah. Um, I can tell you it wasn't Raz slam because we're only six rounds in and I haven't taken a picture yet. So, 
So yeah, you, you don't tweet out your picks to brag. You, t- you tweet them out just to keep yourself organized. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's why you don't always draft. Brag, that's it. I was saying inform, but brag. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think with Cobb though, I think Cobb's a good pitcher. Like you said, his numbers after the first few starts of the season were good. Um, and at the start of the season, I wrote about him. I wrote about him so much that some people were teasing me online and saying, Oh, Fred, another Yahoo article where you talked about Alex Cobb, but it was just such an outlier when I would look at advanced stats mm-hmm. that he was basically the unluckiest pitcher in baseball for the first couple of months of the season. And it just, That's right. it had to straighten itself out. And it did with him. Like I said, my limiting factor is just it's volume. It's, it's that he very rarely, gives you a lot of volume. He had 149 and two thirds last year. I just hesitate. And that's in 28 starts. So he also wasn't going super deep into games. I just hesitate to pick him for 165 innings or 170 innings. It just doesn't feel realistic to me. Um, especially now that he's, you know, arrived at his mid thirties, he's 35 this year. I just don't, I can't give him enough innings to draft him. And exactly. And that maybe that's a flaw on my part. Maybe I'm projecting too many innings on guys like Merrill Kelly, but that's why I'm not drafting Cobb. But skills wise, I have no problems with anyone who drafts him. I would take Cobb, but you're right. Innings are difficult. Uh, any sort of program, any sort of algo is going to have that. You know, have that as unless you're it's it's unless you're going to budget in it like a 20 more innings at a four ERA for the replacement starter you use for Cobb. Right. That replacement starter gets 15 strikeouts. So I got to put them on the total. Then Cobb starts to creep up your list and close the gap on someone like Merrill Kelly. But that's a tough one to bake in because the whole time you're doing that, you're also holding Cobb on your bench injured. And that's annoying during the season, but you got to hold them because Mm -hmm. you drafted it. You draft them decently high. So anyways, I probably won't get any Cobb this year, but I have no, problems with people who do draft them i kind of find all of these pitchers intriguing here's the problem with baking in replacement value uh one you don't know when the injuries are going to hit you know it could hit you could get it announced on a wednesday and then you're stuck without a player for the week uh two you're assuming you're going to be efficient in swapping guys in and out you're probably not going to be you're going to get it wrong or you'll or you'll get outbid everybody else in the league is going for streamers every week starting pitchers will be picked up it'd be nice to go ahead and get him, uh, you know, to to get to get that right, and you will get it right. You will pick up players that you keep all year. Sometimes you'll get it extremely right. Um, you'll get Michael Harris or something. Um, chances are you're going to get some bad starts too. You're going to get yep. uh, verbed, uh, if you will, uh, with you know who's the yep. Rockies pitcher? Uh, oh, Austin Gomber. Gomber. Yes, yes, you're going to get Gomber. And you had didn't you get like a secondary Gombering? Like I did, I forget who that was. Maybe day. No, I thought you got Gomber like a second time with oh, an actual Gomber. Yeah, an actual Gomber on the second the second time through. A latter I, day Gomber, if you will. Yeah, I think if you're going to build in replacement value on a starter, you should actually build it in as a middle reliever. Like I think yeah. you should. I'm going to miss Cobb for three weeks or four weeks. I'm anticipating, so I'm going to throw in twelve innings of relief. And maybe at that point, I'm not going to lower, I'm not going to change his ratios because the reliever is not going to be awesome, but he's going to be okay. You can always find an okay reliever, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe four weeks of a reliever. Maybe I get one win and 12 innings and 12 strikeouts, something like that. It it creeps them up a little bit. Um, The the guys, you're right though, but then you also are factoring in, like I said, that you're using a bench spot in those four weeks on Alex Cobb, which is a bench spot where you can't play with a bench bat who's maybe emerging a possible future closer. I, I think the the guys that you can put in the replacement level value are the suspended players. Like Tatis, you can put in three. So weeks. I was just going to bring that up because yeah. still, even then you're getting a 20, 
fourth round player. Yep, you're getting three weeks of like Luis Renhifo. If that. If uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So just look at whoever is going around pick for something. And that's who, like, that's what, and, and picture like three three weeks of that player. And if you want, you can put that on your Tatis projection. Ramon Arias is going in there. He's a middle infielder. There's a good uh, name. Yep. Yeah. So there's a guy, you know, what is he worth in three weeks? And that's kind of what you're going to get from, t- but you could throw those, but he'll do something in three weeks. In the three weeks, he will get you something. Uh, six RBI, six runs scored, a home run and a steal, something. Yeah. And you can throw that on your Tatis projections. And that will push Petit, Tatis ahead of a couple more players in your early round rankings. And I think that's fair because he's suspended. But you're the, like you said, with the injuries, it's it's tricky because, like you said, that won't all come on a, on a weekend. Sometimes right. Cobb's going to exactly. not – he's going to give you a zero some weeks because you think he's pitching and then all of a sudden he's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Two questions in the form. We're running long, and unfortunately, this is good. You, you're a super outliner, and we never finish the outline, so it's <laughs> That's good. That's the plan, but, yeah. Uh, Rupert asks, any interest in Mike Moustakis now he's with the Rockies? That's another situation that we're kind of uh, trying to figure out, like second and third base for the Rockies, now that we know they're not going to have uh, 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 our Brendan Rodgers for the rest of the season. So if Mike – so I thought about this, and I actually passed up on him in – in that tote wars draft and hold as a bench bat and took someone else instead at the time. And then a few picks later, another manager took him. But if you knew that Moustakis was going to be their second baseman, would you want, would you want him? Uh, I mean, he didn't do anything in Cincy, which was a pretty Uh, damn nice place to hit. And and this lineup is going to be completely unplayable on the road, on the road. So bad. Like on the road, I may be starting Chris Bryant and maybe CJ Crone or Ryan McMahon. You might start Tovar too, because you need the bags. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to start like a Rockies, like eighth or ninth hitter on the road. Right. I think this lineup's going to be so bad on the road and that's half the games. And and it might be the times where you need these players. So let's say you put Moustakas on your bench and then, you need them some week because your starters hurt, but right? They're on the, but they're on the road, and then you're like, "Awesome, here we go." Here's my 600 OPS from Mustafa, and he's and only playing against home. righties. Yeah, I I wasn't that into him. I'm still not really into him. I, when the years that the Rockies have a good lineup, I'm into them. But w- these years where the Rockies have bad lineups, so, so at home they'll be at home they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be pretty productive. I think he, for me, he's a not draft. And if he's sitting on my waiver wire and they have a home week coming up, I'll try to bid on him mm-hmm. if he's their second baseman, which he also may not be. So like, that's not assured at this point, but I'm kind of still out on him. If it's someone wants st- to take him around 30, I wouldn't argue, but I'm, I'm pretty out on him still. It's so funny. Drafts used to be got to get your course, go get your course. Yes. Somehow. Yes. Now it's like, uh, I don't want any of these guys. Because and, yes, because the Rockies used to have a good lineup. And when yeah. like in the prime Arenado Blackman type days, when they had a good lineup at that point, you're like, sure. The, the Rockies on the road are bad, but they're not the worst. And yeah. then at home, they're the best. So sure. I'll take that. And yeah. you know, but now they're unplayable on the road. I'll, I, I think yeah, I'll start CJ Crone, but even yeah, then, yeah. there's like I said, Bryant Crone and probably McMahon, and yeah, that's it. that's it because most of the other ones, if you look at their splits, they're really bad on the mm-hmm. road, and and I'm anticipating the team to be very low scoring on the road. So it's not like they can play poorly and just somehow manage to get an RBI or run scored. Exactly. Yeah. All right, last one. Jack Flaherty made a good 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 outing yesterday. Uh, Going super late, I think that starts to creep up. He had five Ks yesterday, 
think he topped out at 94, gave up one homer, uh, struggled with command in the first two batters, walked the first batter, got the three and one on the second one, and then induced a ground ball double play uh, in the first inning. The thing is, is facing an Astros team that had started off Altuve and Pena. Okay, okay, this is a real lineup. Three hitter, Martin Maldonado. Machete, <laughs> batting third. That's amazing. Like when they when the guys must have had fun in the clubhouse when they saw that lineup card. Yeah. Okay, back to Jack Flaherty. How many innings does he throw this year? Uh, uh, or how many do you have him projected for? So I, I got to try. Hold, please. Yeah, go. So I while you're looking, I will say that in the last three years combined, he's around 150 th- over three years. He's around 150 total. Uh, that makes it hard for me to project him for more than. 120, 130. If I want to get really optimistic, I go to 140, but I don't feel like I can go much higher than that. And when I do that, I just, he doesn't come out that high. Yeah. It's just, I'm glad you brought that up by the way, asking that question. Cause I think I had a, I had originally had him for like 62. I need to update that. Um, Cause I wasn't even sure if he's going to be ready to start the year. Uh, Now that he's made this, I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to be closer to 120. So his ADP, in the last week is 226, which to t- put a bow on all of this is right before Alex Cobb at 228. I would much rather have Cobb. Miles Michaelis goes right before him. I would, I think, much rather just take Michaelis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't see me, like I said, like my guy Merrill Kelly, I just mentioned, like he's after him. Jamison Tyone's after him. Unless you think that Flaherty's going to go back this year to being like a stud like he was in 2019 or even like he was in 2018. If you think he's going to go back to being a stud, then you could draft him and hope for 140 innings. I'm not sure that he's going to go back to being a stud. So right away. So yeah, I just can't, I, I can't do it. I can't take him over the guys that I just mentioned. What do you think? I think that's the range. And I probably, I haven't come close to taking him yet. Like every time I have like, okay, where is Flaherty in my rankings? But that's partially because I had such a low projection for him too. So, uh, I, but yeah, I, I think I'm still probably not in on Flaherty. The Cardinals really need Flaherty to be good though. I mean, you look at their rotation and it's, it's a good win the NL central rotation, but it's not anything else. Oh, absolutely. But, but the fact that they need him to be good, it may not matter. Like it may not change his health perspective. Um, Yeah. And from a fantasy perspective, like I said, I'm just, I don't want, I don't just, I just, I don't know if I'm just chasing boring guys, but I want innings because we're talking about at that point in draft, maybe like your SP four and five, those are their SP five needs to be in your lineup. Most yeah. weeks. Um, I just like, there's a very plausible scenario with Flirty where he just doesn't throw a hundred innings even again this year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. Me, it's, he's it's, the, the shoulder is super yeah. scary. I get yes. it. Yes. And he's the classic guy maybe who throws a few, couple good starts in spring training and everyone jumps on him. And the ADP jumps inside of the top 200. But then, like I said, he doesn't throw very many innings. Yeah. For what it's worth, um, I have updated my projection on Flaherty. Okay. And the number of innings I have for him is 115. Yeah. So still okay. a little light compared to what, you, what you're Even, hoping for. I, I put him up to 135 just to see what would happen. And he still is behind Michaelis and Kelly and Cobb for me. Yeah, like he needs more innings to get up there because his ratios are that I'm projecting for him aren't that different from those pitchers. Because I'm just again, I'm not, I'm not listing him at 135 innings with like a three ERA and a 1.05 WHIP or something like that. Like I've just not, I've also not 
for sure saying that he's going to be awesome. He might be like good, but not awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look, I mean, he had like a 161 whip last yeah. year. So, so yeah, uh, I've got him at like 127. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you did draft the J- Jacob DeGrom. It was pointed out. First of all, DeGrom was at a significant discount, like 25 picks after yeah. ADP. Secondly, when DeGrom is healthy, you mean he's still the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, that's already hasn't thing, been yeah. that. Let, let's that, make sure we it. distinguish that. Yeah, that's it. DeGrom is amazing. DeGrom's either going to be amazing or hurt. Or hurt. Flaherty could be, could be amazing, but could be hurt and could also actually pitch and have like a four ERA because he's not the guy that he was through before all these injuries. Right. Exactly. So, that's the. I know I, he goes way later. So yeah. Um. But I, I'm just not. I'm not there on him. I don't and think I you're. I, I don't I think sh- you're being hypocritical. Here. And that's I shouldn't my change point. my mind because, for me, a few Flaherty starts, in spring training shouldn't probably change my mind on my innings pitch projection. I didn't change. I haven't changed my Degrom one either. Like I'm not going to boost it if he makes a bunch of spring no, training starts. No, no, you can't. I'm not. I'm not boosting it. It's it's kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that happy note, we're going to finish up today's podcast. Uh, big thanks to everybody chiming in with the questions. Love it. Thank you for all the activity in here. We really appreciate it there. Um, and of course, uh, we thank you for listening. If you're listening on a podcast to be named like, or on, on whatever favorite podcast uh, system, wherever you get your podcast, we do appreciate everybody listening in. Make sure to ping us, you know, tweet at us uh, at Jeff underscore Erickson at Fred Zinke MLB. Give us your feedback. We want to hear it. And if you can do it in the Yahoo, that's fine as well. Always love hearing your feedback. Uh, we heard your feedback about chapters. I'm going to be posting chapters. So uh, thank you for that. Um, thanks to Fantrex. Thanks to Underdog for sponsoring us. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Coming up tomorrow, we got James Anderson with his podcast uh, on Thursday. Guest to be named later. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Have an awesome day.